And that's kind of how we have to look at context within the word of Christ, within the word of God. Context matters. Uh, it, let, let's just per, in perspective with um, relationships, married people. Context matters. You can text something and you can mean well. You can mean well. But that can be interpreted as crazy, especially with all caps. You know those people, hallelujah. With all caps, or you put a little, and you're just trying to be excited. But why are you yelling at me? Context matters. Context matters. What is the definition of context? A part of discourse that surrounded a word or a passage that can throw light on a meeting. It is important for us to place scripture in the proper context. The primary purpose of considering context in this is, is for us to not misinterpret or misunderstand scriptures in our life. Because you understand that scriptures without the right motives can turn toxic. You can pick and choose what you want the scriptures to say for your life. And it can be very toxic for your life because you can be living in a way that God has never intended you to do because context matters. We pick a little scripture and we just roll with it and we won't really even know what that scripture even means. We do it time and time again. And I'm not saying to not take scripture as inspiration for your life or for the change. But I'm trying to explain to you that some of the scriptures, there's more to the story. There's more to the story. And today I want us to discuss this scripture that I feel like I has been very much taken out of context so much. Give it up for Pastor Ryan. Pastor Ryan did an awesome job last week. As he was talking about two or three gathered in my name. Context matters. Context matters. This verse I'm going to be talking about today, it can mess with people's purpose, decision making, and possibly direction in their life. Because the enemy only can use what is true and try to mess it up in your life. The starting point to the enemy's plan is always truth. He takes the Bible, but then he kind of like, what he did to Adam and Eve. Uh, I mean, he went to Eve and said, hey, I know God said he did. He said he told the truth. I know God said you can't eat from this. But is he trying like he, he makes us start to question the true promises of God. When reality, those promises are yes and amen. But here the enemy can use a starting point of real truth and turning into bondage in our life. Because script this this verse I'm going to talk about today in context, can set you free. In context, will set you free. But out of context, it will leave you in bondage. Let's go to Psalms chapter 37, verse 4. Take the light in the Lord, and he will give the desires of your heart. Anybody heard that scripture before? Some of you quote it, and in times whenever you feel like, like, you, you have a decision to make and you'd be like, but God gives me the desires of my heart. You, you, come on. You, you've been there, right? Because we use the scripture. And yes, God wants us to give us good things. And God is a just God and God is a, a faithful God. But this scripture without context can be a scripture 
that we live our life in selfishness and our own ability. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give your hearts desires. I'm here to tell you today, if I had a title to this message, is this, don't trust your heart. That's a bold statement. Because Pastor Eric, I only have my heart. I, 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 I can only operate in my heart. My heart's been trampled all around, and all I got to do is put my guard up, and I, I got I to, gotta, whatever my heart's telling me, this generation's like, just follow your heart. But I'm here to tell you today, don't listen to your heart. The heart will mess with you if it's operating in the wrong truth. But Pastor Eric, that's a small, that's a, that's a bold statement because all I have is my heart. Let me, let, let's see what Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, it says, it says this. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things, is desperately wicked, so really, really knows how bad it is. But I, the Lord, search all the hearts and examine secret motives. And I give people due rewards according to the actions they deserve. In one scripture, it says God will give you what your hearts desire, which is true. But then in another scripture it says, hey, alert, don't trust that thing. So which one is right and which one is wrong? See, some of us need to. And some of us need to thank God that he didn't give us the desires of our heart at one season of our life. You know what I'm talking about? When you're 17 years old and you think you know it all and you find that honey and you're like, oh, mom, I'm in love. She's the one. And your mom's looking at you like, okay, honey, you know, like trying to teach you life lessons and stuff like that. But you're in love. And now you look back on Facebook and Instagram and you see the love of your life. It's a little crazy now. Thank God you didn't have the desires of your heart. You know what I'm talking about? Thank God God, you got, God saved you. God, thank God you didn't operate in that toxic relationship, the desires of your heart. Thank God you didn't operate in that toxic job because it was at the desires of your heart at one time. How about that one investment that you wanted to do? The desires. Oh, everybody's doing it. All these coins in there. It's my desire to be rich. Thank God. Because at times our heart doesn't align with logic because it's clouded by feelings. I will. At times our heart is not aligned to logic. Because it's clouded by feelings. And feelings are fragile. When we're called to be a solid rock. If I, 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 young adults, if your pastor can tell you anything, please listen to this message. Teenagers, if you hear anything I say, please take this message to heart. Because it can save years of depression of years of sadness, years of, t of trying to mend your heart because you're giving it to so many people. It, it, please listen to me. But pastor, 
I follow my heart. My heart is all I have. When I feel it, I go. But you're following your heart, but your rela- your, that relationship you're in makes you exhausted and feel worthless. But I'm following my heart. You're following your heart, but you follow your heart and you work yourself to death and lose your family in the midst. But I'm following my heart. I'm following my heart, but I leave my family to go pursue an unhealthy relationship. But my heart is telling me I'm following it. It's too real. Your heart without the right context leads to destructive in nature and disaster waiting to happen. In the wrong context, you following your heart. In the wrong context, it's going to lead to destructive living. Let's read what the context says. Let's read what Psalms 37 really says. Not just one verse, because if we just landed the plane on verse four, we can interpret it so many ways that it's just about us. But there's more to the story, not our selfish ambitions and motives. But let's really see what it says. Let's turn to Psalms chapter 37, verse one through five. You just need a couple little verses and then you can really know what this is saying. You don't have to read the whole thing sometimes. Sometimes the next the next verse, if you just don't stop at the one verse that your Bible app says and just reads like the next one, you can probably get a little context to your life, right? It says, don't worry about the wicked or envy those that do wrong. For like grass, they soon will fade away. Like a spring flower, they soon will wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give your heart's desire. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. Wait a minute. Let me just stay in verse four. God, I want a Lamborghini. God, I want to be so rich because when I'm rich, then I can be a blessing. Um, That's what my heart's desire is. But there's more to the story. It's not about just bless me. I have a part in this as well. It's not about God. Let me get on my carpet and let me just find a cave to go to to find a, a, a genie in the bottle. And God pops out and is like, woo, what do you want? Don't we treat God like that sometimes? Like we're in an episode of Aladdin? Isn't it crazy? We were at a conference the other day. And um, isn't it crazy when we read scripture, we put ourselves as the hero all the time? That rocked me when he said that. I'm, not, I'm, I'm stealing this, so just... Yeah, because it rocked me because when I'm reading scripture, I'm like, you know, David and Goliath, I I have to be David. I'm the one that is standing there, you know, like when they're stoning Stephen, you know, like I'm I'm Stephen. I'm I'm a martyr or whatever God wants. But what if you're the person with the stone? Have you ever thought about that? Like we always put ourselves as the hero in the story, but out of context, we're usually the ones that are just. Messed up. The Bible is not all about people with heroes. The heroes. They're people jacked up like you, jacked up like me, that is trying to figure this thing out. 
But when we read the scriptures, which is wholly inspired by God, we have to understand that, yes, God wants to bless us, but he wants to bless us in context. What are you trying to say? It's not about just God here. I am. I'm just waiting for a blessing. He says, no, what are you doing? He puts us on this earth to be part of the mission, and we're part of this. It's time for us to change. In context, what is this scripture telling us? Number one, it says this, to trust and do good. Trust and do good. Before the desires are met, we need to have truth to stand on. Before the desires of our hearts are met, if in good motives, we need truth to stand on. It is hard because truth doesn't align at times with our desires. Truth doesn't align at times with our desires. Because in essence, our desires sometimes are selfish. When God has called us to be selfless. So you need a starting point of truth, like true truth, unwavering truth, not just pick up the Bible when I am in a bad situation. No, you pick up the Bible because it's the roadmap to your life. It is the living, inherent word of God. That's what you need. That is your standard. The desires without truth can bring instability in our life. It is remarkable how quickly we get distracted from simple works of trusting God and doing good. It's so, it's so simple. Oh, but the gas prices are, are horrible. Okay. We're, we still got to be the, the city on the hill. Oh, but the, the economy is this and, and this and that. Didn't the Bible say this is all going to happen? Being unshakable unshakable Christians is saying I am in it, but it doesn't shake me because I know who, who holds my tomorrow. It's standing on truth and doing good. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 is a, a known verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on to your own understanding. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 and 4 says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind stayed on you because he trusts you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is everlasting rock. You ever got hit by a rock? It's not like, oh, nice. That, that was delightful. It, it hurts. We're supposed to be rocks. Without a good foundation in truth, it's hard to gauge your heart posture because you rely on your, on your feelings, and your feelings are dangerous. The truth we stand on is the truth of God's word. And what that word says about me, I can stand on it. What that word says I am, I am. That, that, that word directs me into righteousness. It opens my eyes to love. This truth and foundation, it angles my heart towards God. When I have truth in my life, my heart is more angled to his goodness. 
When my heart is lived on truth, I'm angled a little bit more to his blessing, to his hand, to his favor, because I'm aligned to his will, not mine. And when the heart is angled to truth, the deceptions of the enemy is a little bit easier to pinpoint in our life. Why? Because our heart is aligned to this thing that we don't use a lot called discernment. Young adults, if there's one thing I need you to learn is learn to live in discernment. Old people like us, if we don't have discernment, we're always going to go by what the winds are saying. And it doesn't matter what truth we have. If we're not discerning those things, we're going to go by the next fad, the next church, the next relationship, because we're not anchored in truth. It's too heavy. It's too heavy. When you're angled, discernment is your friend. Holy Spirit will let you know what you need in your life and what needs to exit your life. But if you're not discerning with your heart, you are saying and probably operating or are probably in seasons that you were never called to be in. If we're not discerning in the right way, if we're not checking it with the Holy Spirit, some of us need to, the first time we want to make a decision, stop going to the next opinion, go to the word of God. Stop going to your friends for their approval and start getting into your prayer closet. Stop, stop, stop going to this person and this person and this book and those things are great. But why don't you talk to the Holy Spirit? Because his intentions for your life is true and good. And I can tell you sometimes your intentions of other people are not. So if you're aligning your heart to the will or the acceptance of others, you're always going to be left empty. But I can get wise counsel, but also operate in the spirit. But the spirit needs to be the first thing. Because we are need to go straight to him. An inclined heart to truth is more open to correction and change. How about those times when you know that your heart's a little, a little, not messed up, but just like aligned wrong? Because sometimes in life we become unaligned. It's okay. We're human. We all fall short of the glory of God. But you know sometimes when you're a little bit unaligned, whenever things happen in your life, things come about. Where do you go to? Where's your source? How do you talk? How, how do you operate? How do you, how do you not cuss out that boss? How do you not talk about that boss behind their back? It, it, it's an alignment of our heart. But our heart inclined to the truth of God makes us loyal, trustworthy, and full of hope. Because I live in truth, and the truth that I live in is tested and is good. So I'm going to align my heart to truth, and that's the starting point. The starting point always has to be truth, and the truth that we operate in as believers is his word. The second thing that this scripture says is the light in the right things. Fall in love with goodness and God's correction. You ever told you, hey, fall in love with God's correction in your life. Hey, when God checks you, fall in love with it. 
That's not things that we, we talk about in church anymore. But there's also a God of love and a God of wrath. There's correction that has to happen. We're not in this world jumping around with rainbows and butterflies and meadows and everything like that. That's not the God I serve. The God I serve is like a lion. He is gentle but firm. He is not a God that is dead. He is alive. Sometimes we worship in our minds, in our minds, a sissy God. Because we interpret him in that way. But yes, he's full of love, but he brings correction as well. And correction is always needed for us to grow. If everything was good, you wouldn't need to grow. But sometimes, if you read the word right, you read a scripture and you're like, oh, why you got to do me like that? Did you just add that to the script? You know, you read the same, the same scripture multiple times, but that one time it hits you like, ah. It checks you. You need to fall in love with him. You need to fall in love with the, oh. Oh. It hurts. But it's needed. God's correction is all tied into his love. And this is what the, it says, the light in the right things. Philosopher said like this, the reason many apparent Christians do not delight in God is that they do not know him very well. And the reason they do not know him very well is that they do not spend time with him. If you knew the Jesus I truly know, you know that my Jesus loves, he redeems, he's the hope giver, he's the restorer, he's the forgiver, and many more. We need to delight in him, and if we're not delight in him in good, good times and the bad times, we're going to leave empty. If there is not a genuine love for the Father, the desires really don't matter. Because when I desire his kingdom, that means I accept his goodness and his correction, and all of it is attached to love. You, you can't just love the good things that he gives you. There's too many people that are like, bless me, bless me, bless me. But what are you doing to open your word and to get corrected? Because half the stuff that you post on Instagram isn't even biblical. You can't post a ratchet thing and then the next verse be like, oh, the, the, the gives me the desires of my heart. Who are you? You're unstable in all your ways. And I'm going to be the pastor and this is going to be the church. Then I'm going to check you in love. I'm going to correct you in love. I love you, but maybe you shouldn't have posted that. Because I know that your character doesn't align with what you just liked and posted. So I just want to make sure that you are aligned to the purpose of God. Or we can come in. The Bible says, Santo, you say all these words and just hit people with the Bible. Which one is going to be better? Both are correction. 
But which one people would be more respect, respect, respected to, to take in? Because it's all attached to what? Love. I want you to grow in God. You want me to grow in God. And the only way we grow is through correction. How about your kids? Let's look at the love of Christ through our kids and how we love them. There's times where we went yesterday to Family Fun Center, which is the pit of hell itself. <laughs> I hate that place. They love it. But out of my love, I said, let's do it. But there was times, Elijah, come here. You can't throw that ball into that guy's face. Riley, stop being the boss. You're not in charge. It is not Riley's Fun Center. I'm not doing that to hurt them. My job as their father is to correct them so they're not ratchet later. I'm trying to I'm trying to build good citizens in this world. Because if I let what could be a good trait of my daughter, but now is operating in a bad way, if I just let it go, oh, they're just kids. They turn 17, you're like, where have I gone wrong in my life? It's because you didn't correct them. Out of love, you correct, and that's what Jesus does to us. Let's put our steel-toed boots on, and I'm not here to offend you. Is this, but if you tell me that you have the desires of God, and what you spend your time in, and what you post, and what you view, doesn't align with God, don't tell me that you have his desires. There's a difference of being difference between saying, I am a Christian through your words or do your Christian through your actions. I'm not telling you to wear like a turtleneck up here and all this stuff. Not trying, we're not going back then. I've been there. I'm jaded. I'm still twitched from those days, okay? <laughs> I understand. But if I can align, young adults, let me just talk to you, and I'm just going to go over here because I don't want people to think that I'm pointing anybody out because we're, we're, we're grown over here, okay? If I can take your posts and put it aligned to somebody that knows that is not following Christ and I can't tell the difference, then you're not, you're not doing it the right way. You're not representing Christ the right way. I'm not saying to be stuck up. I'm not saying not to be fashionable. I'm not saying all that stuff because I'm all about it. But what I'm telling you is you can't be a Christian with words. you got to be a Christian with actions. And your life is a living sacrifice unto God. And your heart posture is always shown by the things that you operate in. And we have to. You, Everybody wants to change and revival and everything. Revival never happens unless the revival starts with you. You want, you want God to operate in your life, and he will, and he's a just God. But if you are not aligned to his heart, his will, his intention, his motives, hey, don't get mad that he doesn't bless you. Yes, he blesses the just and the unjust, but I'm here to tell you there's a part that you have to operate in, and that's trustworthy and loyal. When one day you see him face to face, and the best thing he can say is, good job, 
my loyal, my faithful servant, enter into paradise. Let me tell you something. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And you're going to one of them. We don't preach this a lot. You're going to heaven. Or if you don't shape up your life, you're going to hell. Well, pastor, that's not that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be talking about love and grace. Yeah, grace out of context is even toxic. Because you can have grace, but there's also a time that you need to operate in obedience. And in obedience is aligned to his heart. And that's what we need to delight in. Let me just move on because I just I don't want to hurt people's feelings. Oh, pastor, you, you, I hear this all the time. But what I posted or what I said or what I was where, where I was at, they just misunderstood me. No, you're just being dumb. Oh, they don't know. They don't know my intentions. No, they don't. But they know what you represented, what your intentions were. We have to be smart sometimes. Sometimes it's not a spiritual thing. Sometimes it's just you just making the right choice. We have to understand that we, because here's the thing. I give you grace that they misunderstood you. I get it. But there's a Jim and a Jill in your job that don't come to Axios Church, that don't know your heart. And they're seeing your heart through what you show. So if we're supposed to be representations of Jesus Christ, how are you showing Christ through that? Because the I think that that verse said, um, 30, uh, verse 37, it said this. Delight in the Lord with all your heart and you give the desires of your heart. Commit. What's that word? Let's put it up there. Thirty seven. Um, the, the original verse. I'm sorry. I went out of the, the keep on going. The big one. There you go. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the heart's desire. Commit. What's that word? What's that word? Say it louder. Commit everything you do. It doesn't say commit everything, and the Lord will. It says commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him. And he will what? There's a progression to this thing. Let me read it again because I, I'm not trying to say that you're, you're dumb, but some are slow. Um, commit everything to that. Who does? There's responsibility you have to take. It's not everybody else's fault. You have to put the mirror to your face sometimes. Everything you do to the Lord, trust him. And the promise that he gives is this. He will what? Help you. We got to read the word for what it is. But if we just stayed in verse four, take the light in the Lord and he will give me my heart's desire. And that's where we run. We've been there, right? You got to read it in context. Because the context is what's going to set you free. I'm over here flipping like this. It's like this is my iPad. Um, 
context matters. Let me let me go on. I'm sorry. You got me through a conference, and I'm I'm hyped up for Jesus right now. Okay, you know it's like camp. You know you go to camp, and you're like, oh, I'm on fire for Christ. All right. Number three, and I'm done. Number three is this. Check your heart. What desires do you have? Your heart will express your desires if they're pure or tainted in pride. The Lord says in Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13, the Lord says this. These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on mere human rules they have been taught. Those are one of those verses like, <laughs> so the scripture is telling me that I can be half of a Christian. Because it says that these people draw near, they gather, and with their mouth, and even with, with their mouth, they honor me. But their hearts are way far away. Let that sink in for a minute. It's not just about lip service. It's about heart condition. For far too long, we shouted our way to the presence. When the presence always been there. You ever thought about that? When sometimes in worship leaders, let's just, let's just enter into his presence where did the presence go? Because my Bible says that when I'm here, it's holy ground. When I'm here, God's there. It's not just in this place. It's not like, okay, we're ready for worship. Turn on the switch for the presence. God goes wherever you go. But there can be a place where you operate in just lip service to him and not heart service to him. And their worship were based on mere rules that they have taught. Listen, I, I, there's multiple ways for us to worship God. And there's people that, that come, you know, and we sometimes in, in worship terms, it's called ushering the presence. And there's some people that are different places in their relationship with Christ. Some are very new Believers, they don't know what this means. This means when we lift up our hands, it means that it's a God, I'm surrendering. You know, whenever a cop comes to you and you, you're, you're not like, you're like, oh, no, whoa, hey, hey, no, because it's an act of surrender. So when we lift up our hands, we're saying, God, not my will, your will be done. I surrender. I give you my will. I'll give you my attention. I give you, it's a surrender posture, okay? But the thing is, the Bible calls us of progressions, in, even with, with um, having kids. There's a season where you are a baby. They have to feed you. They have to bottle you. You can't do anything. You're up every three hours. And they, they feed you. That's where he's in right now. Then you got the toddlers. The terrible twos. We're, call, we're calling uh, Axios is turning two next next month, uh, next week. We're calling them the terrible twos. We're going to be terrible for the kingdom of God. We're going to take the devil down. All right. This season with Elijah, 
You remember that documentary the, um, with the with the whale that was killing everybody at SeaWorld? Um, and, and, and they did this whole blackfish or whatever thing. His name was Tillicum. That was Elijah's name. He destroyed everything at the Terrible Twos. We used to call him Little Tilly. <laughs> I mean, destroyed it all. Got into everything. But he was learning. He was, obs- he was observant. The toddlers are observing everything. They don't know what they Then you have the elementary age. <laughs> I'm in it right now. Um, they know it all. But they're still learning. Then you got the preteens, which I realized my son is a preteen. I'm like, what the heck? I thought you were preteen like 12, they, nine years old. He's a preteen. I'm like, the Lord is the devil. And I had a, I had a moment the other day. Uh, and I, I guess people say when you realize that you're old. And I'm like, I only got a couple more years. You know, how well those, and then it was there and it was gone. Um, and then the preteens. Then you got the teenage years, and I pray for those that are dealing with the teenage years. I pray for those. Then you have high school, college, adulthood. There's a progression to our physical bodies in growing up. There's also progression to your spiritual growth in the Lord as well. When it comes to worship, it says that it was done by human rules that have been taught. In one season, people have to say, hey, lift up your hands. Worship God. That's not for the people that are supposed to know that. That's for the people that we're helping bottle. In the church, we got people all over the place. We got some, we got some retired. We got some, oh, we got some old ones. We got new ones. So in worship, so here's the thing. This is what I'm trying to say. Us believers that have been Christians for a minute now, nobody should tell you to worship. You should worship because of what God has done in your life. I don't have to fish you to worship. Hey, lift up your hands. You don't want to lift up your hands? That's on you. I'm going to lift up my hands because I know what God is. I'm not doing it because there's a rule. I'm not doing it because you're looking at me. I'm doing it because I serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm not just a, a, bobble, a bottle-fed Christian. I'm a Christian that is solid in Christ. My alignment is to his heart. So when my alignment is to his heart, I operate differently. You can't be aligned to his heart and not be willing to change. When you draw near to Christ, there's no other option but to change. If you're trying to draw near to Christ, but your intentions are still trying to go back to your old life, yeah, it's going to tempt you. And yeah, you're going to fall at times. But if you're trying to operate in that and try to get the blessings of God, it doesn't work. When you draw near to God, when you really draw near to God's heart, there's no option but to change. My motives, my mindsets. Because desire without boundaries is called impulse. A desire without the boundaries of God's word, you're just living life on impulse. Whatever I want at this moment, at this time. And that's not a way to live. That's not a way to live. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 says like this. You can turn on the music and shut me up. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. 
I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I grew, gave up my childish ways. It's time for desires to change in our life so our heart posture can, co- uh, can align to Christ. It's all about an alignment. So the Bible clearly tells us that our heart posture does matter. So now I gave you the, the what. Now I'm going to give you the how. How do you do that? How do you align your heart to Christ? How do you align it, your heart to Christ? Number four, and I'm, and I'm done. It says, guard your heart. Don't let anything give way that messes your heart. You have to be protective of that thing. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, above all else, guard your heart for what everything you do flows from it. Do you see how it's all now, come, like, it's, it's all coming together? The desires of your heart, your heart's deceitful, but when you're aligned right, above all else, guard it. Because everything flows through it. Every decision Every action, everything flows through it. When, you're tr- when, you're, when your trust is aligned to him, my delight is secure in him. My heart is checked, the right desires. I'm about guarding the most important thing I have. So I need to guard it from the lies. I need to guard it from unforgiveness. I need to guard it from pride. I need to guard it from lust. I need to guard it from unfaithfulness. Why? Because my alignment of my heart is not about earthly things. It's about heavenly things. It's guarding. I used to play hockey a long time ago. You're like, whoa, hey, that's the whitest sport you can do. Here's the thing. I used to be a goalie. I was nasty. I'm not going to lie. I have a trophy and everything. What's the goalie's point in soccer and everything? What was the, what's the point? To block, to guard so that the other uh, the opponent doesn't score. It's literally throwing my body. I even have injuries to this day from hockey because I guarded so good. I didn't care if I broke an arm. I didn't care if I threw myself. I didn't care if I lost this. I, my job was to guard at all costs. Someone needs to get some hockey pads on, get in front of our heart, and start guarding things. Give everything. Do everything possible to guard your heart. I know you want a boyfriend, but guess what? Maybe that one's not the one. You need to guard that thing, honey. Maybe you want that job promotion, but maybe that job promotion, yeah, you might get some more money, but maybe it's going to take away a lot of time from your family. Maybe you need to guard. You have to guard it. It's the thing that God calls us to do. We need to, hey, I hear your opinion, but I'm not going to let that get into my heart. I hear you. I respect you, but I'm guarding my heart. I'm guarding my heart from that opinion. I'm guarding my heart from that lie. Hey, I know that you want to speak a word of encouragement for me, and I receive it, but you have to have discernment to not let that get penetrate your heart because you have to align it to God's will. I know I love that music, but when I listen to that music, it makes me feel a certain way. I need to guard myself. You need to get in position. 
the problem is, is we're not in position. We're like this. We're just letting stuff just go by. Just letting stuff go by. But when you're ready, it says in the word of God, put on the full armor of God. That when the fiery arrows come, you're ready. Catching that thing. Oh, you thought you, you, ha- you thought you had me in the lie devil? Oh, you, you were speaking that word over my life? Some of you need to be angry at the devil. Usually you patty cake with the devil. You're like, patty cake, patty cake. No. You got to look at that. You got you to gotta look at the enemy in your life. He is here to kill, steal, and destroy. God here is to give you promises more abundantly. So you got to say, I got to guard myself. I got to make sure that I'm aligned right. I got to make sure that I'm prepared because the enemy will fight. You have to be prepared. Guard that thing that is so precious to you, which is your heart. And I'm done with this. Psalms chapter 37, verse 23 and 25 says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. I was once young and now I'm old. Yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or the children begging for bread. He got your back. He got you when you're old. He got you when you're old, when you're young. It's because my heart is aligned to him. I'm reassured that he is in control. I'm not in control. He's in control. My heart is aligned to him because I know he has my best intentions in mind. Because I know through his word, he wants me to live in the abundance. So to live in the abundance... I need to trust that he knows how to get me there. My job, your job, is why God is progressing you in this walk with him. Guard your heart. There's going to be things, even now, some of us have come into this season with a heart that is hardened. A heart that is hurting. A heart that somebody spoke over your life years ago a heart that you 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 were molested at a young age you were addicted to this at a young age and you still hold that into your heart the bible says that when you confess your sins to to him that he is just to forgive him that you don't have to it can be your testimony but it don't have to be your reality it's the heart he will give you the desires if you surrender your desire to him. Because when you truly follow Christ, his desires are my desires. His heart becomes my heart. It is real, guys. It is real. It's not something that Pastor Eric talks to you on in a book. It's a true relationship with Jesus Christ. Every head bowed, every eyes closed.